This is ZBS in 3D Sound. I'm Meatball Fulton, and over there is my friend Fritz. Fritz is a full-sized, somewhat human-appearing head with a face and uh, nose, chin, no mouth, he doesn't talk back, and ears. Beautifully sculptured ears, very human-looking. And you can even whisper into Fritz. You, but you really need to wear headphones to hear what Fritz hears. He was made by Neumann, a German company, and for some unknown reason, they named him Fritz. Last week, I was telling about recording with Fritz in San Francisco. One afternoon, the fog moved in. So I hauled Fritz out by Golden Gate Bridge. I've found a lot of use for these foghorns, including a series we did entitled Two Minute Film Noir. The stories take about two or so minutes to tell. It's sort of fast fiction. I wrote and produced about 60 of these little noir stories. They're stereo, but I'll play one called Nightmare on Stool Pigeon Street. You'll hear Fritz's fork horns. At both ends of the block were cop cars. Their lights were flashing. The street was blocked off? Right. The street was filled with stool pigeons. Everyone was a stool pigeon? Everyone. I couldn't take a step without being squealed on. How were they squealing? At first, everyone had a walkie-talkie. Walkie-talkies? But as I kept walking, they got more sophisticated, and they were using cell phones. Talking or text messaging? First talking, then texting. To the cops? Somewhere in a holding any device, they're just talking to themselves. Probably Bluetooth. But as I kept walking, they stopped talking. I knew they were just thinking. Did you know what they were thinking? I knew their thoughts were being transmitted through implants to the cops. Were they local cops or feds? Who knows anymore? I mean, these were my neighbors. You live on that street? Yeah. I suspect it was a big reward for the biggest rat. You mean the rat who'd rat the most? I mean ratting on somebody. Now that I can understand. But a stool pigeon? That's the lowest a human can stoop. So comparing a stool pigeon to a gutter rat, who's worse? No comparison. You can't stoop any lower than a stool pigeon. So what happened? The alarm went off. You woke up? That's right. That's what I thought. It was all a dream? That's what I thought. It, it, it wasn't a dream? It was, but now it's legal to tap my phone, to read my email, to bug my house, and to watch me from satellites, and to put chips in my passport and chips in my credit cards, and there's cameras watching me on every street corner. I mean... We're all living on Stool Pigeon Street. Stereo is essentially left and right. Binaural is more three-dimensional. I'll show you what I mean. If I had a scene with two people talking in a restaurant, and one of them poured a glass of Pellegrino, I'd record the actress first, then put in the restaurant sounds, and finally the Pellegrino. I'd drop it down, 
and slide it over to the person who's filling the glass. Simple enough. But if I try to use that with a three-dimensional space, it'll sound flat. It doesn't really work all that well. So when you record a story with Fritz, it's best to record the sound effects at the same time the actors are speaking. Bear with me. There's a reason for all this. You will be rewarded. Now, Bobby, the engineer who built our studio, designed a speaker cluster for me. It's over here. It has six speakers mounted in a circle pointing out in all directions because sound goes out in all directions, so... Okay, here's the point of all this. We did a radio series of slightly horrific stories recorded on location with Fritz. It was called The Cabinet of Dr. Fritz. One of the stories was an adaptation of a novella by Stephen King called The Mist. A thick mist moves into town and all sorts of weird creatures come crawling and leaping out. People are trapped in a supermarket. If they try to get to their cars, they get picked off. Someone should plug up that hole in the window. Which window? The plate glass. A piece fell out of the corner. Something really stinks out there. Listen, you know the man who came in all bloody shouting about something, grabbed his friend? Yeah, the guy with the nosebleed. Yeah, well, he wasn't hallucinating. Come on, I want to show you something. You feeling okay? No. Now, you see those double doors? Yeah. They open onto the storeroom. One of those men drinking beer, isn't he the assistant manager? Yeah, it's Ollie, right. Listen, there's something back there, outside. It tried to get in when we opened the loading door. Something that kills people. Hey, you want a beer? You bet. Anyway, it's still out there. We all saw it. Yeah, it's true. Believe me. What kind you want? It doesn't matter. He's right. Tentacles. I don't know how many. Yeah, yeah I see. All right. You got an arm. Yeah, it's Miller time, right? Brent, listen. I don't know how much you guys have been drinking. But Look, we're not is. drunk. Okay. Not on this light beer, I'll okay. tell you that. All right, maybe a little group hysteria, but I think it's a little joke here at my expense. And given another time, I might think it's funny, but there are people that are scared, and I don't think it's funny. Brent, there's a chunk of tentacle on the floor in there. He's you right. can see it for yourself. The loading door cut it off when it came down. You can hear him rustling all over outside the door. No. What? I said no. The joke has gone far enough. They desperately need something from the pharmacy next door. A few of them volunteer. They feel their way through the thick mist, find the door, and step inside. There are dismembered bodies all over the place. After all, it's Stephen King. Look at this. And then they notice these what? weird Listen. spider webs. And suddenly they're attacked by spiders. And these spiders are the size of fat dogs. Well, it was impossible to record the spiders at the same time the actors are moving all over the place. So we had to drop the spiders in later. And to make the sounds of the spiders, we slipped a Siamese cat into a computer and piped the sound into the speaker cluster and then moved the sound of one of the spiders so it dropped on top of a woman's head. Actually, the spider leaped on top of Fritz's head. 
and if you're wearing headphones, it may have landed on your head. Let's move on to Saratoga Fat Spiders. I mean Saratoga Fat Cats. The story was recorded on location on the town of Saratoga Springs in upstate New York. It was recorded with Fritz. I'm continuing with episode five. Here's a brief recap. Our main character, Willie, paints houses. He's been painting a summer house. It's on an island in the Hudson River. It was built by a rich guy, Lucas Trust. Lucas has a girlfriend, Christy St. Nichols. She's a model. Quite lovely, actually. Anyway, Willie enjoys reading mystery novels. One of his favorites is a somewhat sleazy detective by the name of Shorttop Detroit. Willie is now hearing Shorttop inside his own head. We pick up with Willie, who finds Lucas in a bar in Saratoga. Lucas is drunk and acting obnoxious. Are you sure this is your car? It's Miss Chris's. Besides, if the key fits, wear it. Hey, you can't drive. How the hell do you think I got here anyway? Hmm? This town is crawling with cops. I don't care. Let them crawl. No good coppers. <laughs> hey, come on. Look. Watch out for that. Ah! Oh. Hey, Lou, come on. Slide over. I'll drive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can't seem to get anywhere going backwards. <laughs> I want to go forwards, but I keep going backwards. Hey, Willie. Yeah. Willie, Willie. There's a bottle of bourbon in your car door. Hand it over. No, you've had enough. Give me the goddamn bottle. All right. All right. I didn't mean to yell. It's all right. Friends? Sure. Hey, tell me, friend. Where the hell are we going? Home. Your place or mine? Yours. You mean Luke's little fantasy island? Yeah, that's right. Luke's little fantasy island. <laughs> he was a... Deplane boss. Deplane boss. Berkeley Bob said uh, you gave him money to get it cleaned up. Who? You know, the local hippie. Oh, him. That was a nice thing to do. Oh, he stunk. But the clothes you gave him, they were really... Uh, some old rags I was giving the Salvation Army. The Bijan polo shirt? Oh, Bijan, Ferragamo, Armani, Gucci, 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 Gucci. All right, cut it out, cut it out. <laughs> I took 29 to Schuylerville and then Route 4 north. We passed over the Hudson River and continued toward Fort Edward. The Lake Champlain Canal runs along the edge of the road. A few miles south of Fort Edward, I turned off the highway and up on a bridge that passes over the canal. Hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 slow down, whoa, slow down, Willie. Right. Stop, 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 stop. sick? No, no, no. Gotta pee. Women don't know what they're missing. They don't know the joys of whizzing off a bridge. Yeah. How's the water, Luke? Ooh, shitty. <laughs> I bet you did this as a kid, huh, Willie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time I see a bridge, I gotta take a whiz. 
Yeah, bridges make me want to pee. Like reaching out and touching the water way down there. You can feel the contact coming right up the stream. Yeah. <sighs> hey, Willie. Yeah. What do you think of Christy? She's nice. Yeah, yeah, she can be a bitch. You ever met a woman who wasn't a bitch? Some of the time? Yeah, well, men are jerks too some of the time. <laughs> Bitches and jerks! <laughs> what a world. Hey, Willie. What? If anything happens to me, yeah. be your friend. She needs a friend. What you talking about, Luke? What do you think is going to happen? Huh? I don't know. You stay here, Willie. I'm going to go for a walk, clear my head. He threw his bottle into the bushes and went staggering down the gravel road into the dark. There was a boat coming down the canal. Two lights were shining straight ahead. A third light moved back and forth across the width of the canal, scanning the water for logs. It was a barge, but it looked like an alien spaceship approaching through the mist. The moving light spotted the car on the bridge, locked onto it for a moment, and then continued moving back and forth across the water. The wheelhouse of the barge lowered as it approached the bridge. It was like a football field passing underneath me. It seemed so close. I felt I could hop over the railing and land on the deck and maybe not even get hurt. The car started up and drove off. Luke left me standing on the bridge at 2.30 in the morning. It was a warm night. I wasn't in any hurry to get anywhere. And I wasn't going to get anywhere in a hurry anyway. So I watched the barge glide into the locks down the canal. The locks were lit up like a landing field. I watched the gates slowly close behind the barge. They released the water from the locks. The level dropped as the barge slowly disappeared from my sight. I guess about 15 or 20 minutes had passed when it happened. It was a hell of an explosion. I was about a half a mile away on the other side of the woods. I started running down the road toward the river. I could see the flames from the dry grass that had caught fire. The explosion happened in an old cemetery on the bank of the river. The fires were small and burning different spots between the tombstones. What was once a car was scattered over the cemetery, even into the woods. It looked like a terrorist bomb had been set off. I was stomping out a fire when I stepped on something. I jumped back. It felt like it was alive, like I had stepped on a small animal. I bent down. It was a hand. It was wearing a ring. Luke's ring.
The volunteer fire department finally arrived. The sheriff's deputy arrived about ten minutes later. I told the deputy what I knew. Then the state police pulled up. I told them the same thing. More sheriff's cars arrived, more state police. The sheriff himself finally got there. He wanted to talk to Christy. I gave him the number. He called. She had heard the explosion. He didn't tell her what had happened. He just said he wanted to talk to her. I had a key to Luke's boat. The dock's only about a quarter of a mile up the road. Funny thing was, when I tried to start up the boat, the key didn't fit. I had another key in my pocket. That one fit. I realized the first key belonged to Luke's car. I still had it. the way the sheriff looked at her and then at me. We were friends. She was beautiful. I had gotten out of the car just before it exploded. I had a feeling it was going to be a long night. But the adrenaline wore off and everyone was tired. And they just decided to pick up the questioning the next day. When I was leaving to take them back to the dock, Christy asked me to return and stay with her. I explained to the cops that she was scared. They just looked at me. Yeah. I dropped him off at the dock, returned to the island. Jesus, you could have been killed. Why did Luke have your car? His Ferrari was in the shop. The Chevy was a rental I drove up from New York. Was Luke involved with some gangsters? I don't think so. What about the windows? Someone was taking pot shots. I don't know. Oh, God, who'd do this? Some crazy person? Why? I don't get it. Will you stay here? I can take you into town. With what? We don't have a car. Yeah. I don't understand why this is happening. God, it's cold. Come here. Come here. You'll be okay. It'll work out. I knew a woman once. She fitted to my arms as though she were custom-made. All her curves fit in the right places. It was the same with Christy. It brought up all those memories. I was tired. I was running on automatic. When I held her, I pressed her body against me. When she looked up at me, my lips found her mouth. Suddenly something was unleashed, something so desperate in both of us that we were startled by the intensity of it. You had it in your hand, man. I know, but if something happened, I, I couldn't tell Andy. I'd always feel guilty, you know? Well, you're Mr. Clean, but now you got to pay the price. What do you mean? You'll always remember that night. And some days, when you're alone, you'll play it over and over in your head, wondering what it might have been, but never was. Oh, shut up.
I'd like to mention that Tim Clark composed all the music you're hearing in Saratoga Fat Cats. The state police questioned Christy, me, Shades, Rick, even Bruno Rocco. Turned out that the night Luke was drunk, he and Bruno had an argument, but Bruno had an alibi, so... I knew the cops kept thinking there was something between Christy and me, but I kept denying it. After a while, I started to wonder, maybe there was something. Christy went back to New York. After about a week, she called one night. I always assumed he had his money offshore or in some Swiss bank account. How'd he make his money? Internet stock. He made a fortune. But no one knows where it is. No. I'm sorry you didn't get paid. Yeah, me too. I didn't finish painting. (laughs) You coming down to New York? Sometime. Yeah, sometime. You gonna visit Saratoga? Yeah, sometime. Well, I see ya. Yeah. Bye, Willie. Yeah. Bye. Two sets of keys. Why two identical sets of keys? What do you mean? That night, when you were on the bridge, Luke started up the car and drove off. Yeah? But you had the key in your pocket. He had another key. The babe's car was a rental. They don't give you two sets of keys. Maybe he asked for it. Look at your key. He had a duplicate made. Why was he carrying both keys in his pocket? That happens. What the hell kind of an answer is that? Follow it up, kiddo. I went to see a cop I knew in the Saratoga Police Department, Briggs Staten. From what I hear, the DA figures it was some fat cats that Lucas Trust was in debt to. He was in debt? <laughs> Apparently, he was in debt to a lot of people. And maybe some of those guys decided to get tough. Who are the fat cats? I don't think the investigators really know. But they were very interested in you and that model, Christy St. Nichols. I'll bet she's a handful. They even checked out your buddy. Rick. Rick? Why Rick? They used to call him White Boy Rick back in Chicago. They figured he was a cocaine dealer, but he was too slick. They could never nail him. That's it? There's more. Before Chicago, he was in the army in Vietnam. Demolitions. Rick? Yeah. If you want to blow a car in a shrapnel, he'd be the man to see. Don't you think? The cops don't really think Rick was involved. Ah, not really. As far as they can figure, Rick didn't even know Ms. Nichols. Did he? No. You two talk about her? Of course. What did he say? I don't know. He wanted to meet her. He wanted to see what she was like. Yeah. I'll bet there's a million guys out there who'd love to get their hands inside her tight little t-shirt. <laughs> Go see Shades. Just do it. Come on in, will you? Can't complain. You want some iced tea? Yeah, sure. Not too bad what happened to Luke. You know me and you are out of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, are these his cats? These fat cats of his? Ah. Yeah, Sylvester and Tweety Bird. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, Tweety. Well, I guess they're yours now, huh? Yeah, they sure like to eat. 
you sure you can take care of them? Oh, yeah. They have a couple of cool cats. (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. Uh, Thanks. Uh. You know, the police don't know who done it. I don't think they'll ever find out. Well, Luke knew his days were numbered. Why did he say that? Can you keep a secret? Yeah. You won't tell no one. You can trust me. A couple of days before Luke got blown up, he put money in my bank account. Yeah? To take care of those cats. Really? $10,000. $10,000 to take care of those cats? Cats can't eat that much. Hmm. Well, I hope not. <laughs> Berkeley Bob. Yeah? Ask yourself, why did Luke help Berkeley Bob? Why? Don't ask me. Find out. Berkeley's out of town. You sure? I haven't seen him around. Doesn't mean he's gone. He went to visit his mother in Pittsburgh. How? How? How How what? Did he walk? Did he fly? Did he fly or take the train? No, he said he had a bus ticket. So, did he get on it? Check it out, kiddo. Turned out the bus people don't know who rides the bus, but I knew where Berkeley lived. I talked to the landlady. He went to Pittsburgh. Can I check the room? Yeah, yeah. Now look look for yourself, he ain't here. There was a duffel bag on the bed. I opened it. Hey, what are you doing? Checking. Well, don't take nothing, you hear? In the bag were his faded clothes, along with a couple of expensive labels. A hairbrush, toothbrush, toothpaste, shaving cream, some pills, razor, socks, and so on. If he went to Pittsburgh, he went without his bag. Now, why did Luke give Hippie Bob his clothes? He was getting rid of them. You don't believe that? What's with the clothes? They're expensive. Think, the clothes fit? Berkeley, Bob, and Ruka's trust were the same size. That's right. A chill went through me. What about the bottle? What bottle? That night when you were driving him back, he was drinking out of a bottle. What happened to the bottle? He tossed it into the bushes. Find it. I didn't ask why. I drove out there, parked the car on the bridge, same as I had done that night, figured out about where he had thrown the bottle. I found it in the bushes. It was still half full. I opened it and sniffed. There wasn't any odor. I poured some in my hand and tasted it. It was iced tea. You keep reading that cheap detective crap. It's making you paranoid. When Luke came into the bar, Rick left. This is crazy. Rick was in demolitions in Vietnam. I'd suspect you before Rick. Oh, gee, thanks. Rick and I used to go out. What? I didn't know that. No, I know you didn't know that, but it was a long time ago. You know, I know what he did in Vietnam. He told me one night, and he, he told me things I wish I'd never heard. I had just finished setting the charges. These voices. They were village kids. Maybe they were coming back from school, I don't know. The lieutenant wouldn't let me warn them. He said they were Viet Cong. 
I blew him up. I remember every detail, every frame. I kept playing it back like a movie. I wish it was a movie. I can't leave. I can't get out. There's no exit. When Luke drove off, leaving you on the bridge, the explosion happened about 15 or 20 minutes later. But the dock where the boat was moored is about two minutes from the bridge. Then why did he go to the cemetery? He was drunk. Drinking iced tea? What's at the cemetery? Tombstones. What else? There's no fresh graves. It's an old cemetery. And what else? There's pine trees, grass, little flags, plastic flowers. They keep the grass cut? Yeah. Where do they keep the mower? Oh. Check it out, kiddo. The cemetery had been cleaned up. The grass was starting to grow back. What I forgot about was the cement-blocked shed on the bank of the river. The wooden door was padlocked. I found there was an historic cemetery society that looked after the place. We hire a man to mow the lawn and take care of the ground. What's in the concrete bunker? <laughs> That's a storage shed. I called the lawnmower man. Hey, nice dog you got here. Well, keep him out of your way. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to get underfoot. Matter of fact, he likes to get under the mower if I'm not careful. Whoa, we don't want to do that. He's a smart dog, I can see that. What about your shed? You said there was something strange about it. I keep a few tools in there, rakes, a shovel, a push mower, that's about all. You're the only one that has a key? Well, you know, I went out there one day and some kids had changed the padlock. Or somebody changed it, I figured it was kids. Someone removed your padlock and put on their own? Yeah, I had to hacksaw it off. And were your tools still in the shed? Nothing was touched. I mean, stuff was moved around, but... Kevin, it's not coming by. The funny thing was, the floor was clean. No dirt, no leaves. It was very clean. Huh. The, did you notice anything else? No, and then I started looking because I thought, oh, someone's going to sweep out for me. Maybe they're going to mow the grass for me. <laughs> Good luck. Why are you asking? You saw him get blown up. I saw him drive off, and a few minutes later, the car blew up. You and that Christie dame ID'd the body. It was a mess. That hand you stepped on in the graveyard, it was wearing his ring. It was his clothes, his shoes. Even his sister said it was him. What more do you want, Willie? He was cremated, you know. If you got any second thoughts about this, you're going to have to sift through his ashes because that's all that's left. Next week, I'll play a couple more episodes from Saratoga Fat Cats, and over the coming weeks, you'll have a chance to hear the complete story, along with a few other stories about my friend Fritz. This has been ZBS in 3D Sound. I'm Meatball Fulton, check out our website, zbs.org. That's zbs.org.